Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my brother from another mother and regionally renowned pizza connoisseur, Jim Stam. Jim, how you doing, brother? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. I had some Rockaway pizza last night, and uh, that was my birthday dinner. And um, it's pretty highly regarded around these parts, and it's a really good New York-style pizza, so... Um, little, little, little off the beaten path, but you know, what's hilarious is you told me it was your birthday yesterday. You're like, um, you're like, yeah, I got, I got Ben down at, uh, Dave and Buster's for my birthday and nothing ever crossed my mind about wishing you a happy birthday. So <laughs> well, happy birthday. And, thank you, uh, <laughs> sir. Thank you, sir. As you know, at our age, uh, when we start pushing certain numbers, we, just want to ignore it all together. So that's kind of what I did yesterday. That's totally how I handle it. So, <laughs> I mean, bro, it's been a rough week after rough week, which I suppose adds up to a rough season. Turns out expecting it to be bad didn't help at all. I, I mean, it still has sucked. We're going to start with low-hanging fruit. I'm I embarrassed think- to pick it. <laughs> well, yeah, Gary, I think it's like being told, like, if you're going to jump out of a moving car, it's going to hurt. And yes. uh, you, you you fully know that and you're fully aware of it. And then you actually jump out of a moving car. And guess what? It, it really, really hurts. And you still talk about it. So absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. But we're also we're not going to have like an official call your shot this week, because most of what we got was basically blankety blank 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 why is josh van meter still on this team blankety blank 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 and i'm not going to read all those but we are going to carpet bomb answer a whole bunch of them because that's exactly what we're going to start with low-hanging fruit josh van meter my dude i can't even anymore i'm to the point where i barely even try to offer any semblance of an explanation to why this guy is on the team he can't help soil the bed in the five or six shots he gets every week to do anything how can you ask players to be accountable when you knowingly refuse to stop rostering someone who can't even play a ground ball a lot of things that he seems to struggle doing um i remember (laughs) do you remember i mean this is like a couple weeks ago Gary, he tried to turn a double play from second base, and he did one of those backhand tosses to to O'Neill Cruz at yeah. at second, and that and he was some bitch couldn't reach it, and he was fourteen miles away from second base when he did it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, anyways, you know, I've actually tried to look. It's it's fair. People people are complaining because it's ridiculous at this point, and. Every time he's in the lineup, and I, I kind of like, I like to tweet a few things out about the lineup when I see it every day, just trying to bring some things out that you know, people may or may not be aware of. If I see him in there, I just, I just ignore it. I don't even, I, I've almost blocked it out of my, my uh, conscious, you know. So well, that's I, kind of the point. What, is, what more is there to say? I mean, like, and, what are we doing here? You know, 
it's funny. I, I've looked at, uh, I went and I looked at his numbers, not that I had to, to confirm anything, but I just thought, you know what, let me just see how ridiculously bad they are. And, you know, you're talking a guy that's almost had 200 plate appearances and I mean, he's hitting in the 180. I mean, 200 plate appearances. We're talking like a third of a of a, a season of at bats and and playing time. OPS in the mid 500s, hitting 180. You start you start putting that with Yoshi. Now you're talking 400 at bats. They've played these guys at first base in the major leagues for most of the most of this season, and. And his numbers are worse. Yeah. So it goes back to what you're saying, which is you're trying to pe- preach accountability and um, rewarding players. That's the exact opposite. At a at a at a huge position of where you need some offense. I mean, you've got a, a kid on the team right now, Michael Chavis. You know, who I think has handled first base really capably. He didn't come into this season as a first baseman. But right now, looking at him, watching him play, I'd have to say he's a first baseman. He plays it pretty well. Definitely yeah. got the footwork down. He certainly makes the most of whatever frame God gave him, which isn't much. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't fault him for that at all. I think he's doing the best he can to fill that role. He mashes left-handed pitching. They haven't given him very much opportunity to hit right-handed pitching. But I can't imagine that he's any worse than the options that they've had to face right-handed pitching. Yeah. Wouldn't you just be better off letting Michael Chavis play every day, see what him settling in might provide you? Yeah, almost just saying, hey, buddy, we're just going to let you play there the rest of the year, lefty, righty, don't worry about it, just go out there. And, um, yeah, because every time you're given one of these other guys at, at a plate appearance is you're taking away from Michael Chavis and you're taking away from Bly Madras and you've got them sitting there and sitting there in a year like this is silliness. You, you, you should be at least seeing it through, see it through the whole way. You I know? hate to complain so much about a player that, you know, we're talking literally, it's not an exaggeration on my part. This is a guy that's getting five or six at-bats a week. Now. Now he is. Earlier he was playing more than that. Yeah. But since since he came back from the I.L., he's pretty much playing five or six games you know, at-bats a week. He's not getting much. Right. It's not like he's the reason they stink entirely. If, if that's the only at-bats they have to give him, I guess maybe – that would be the only justification I can think of for why you wouldn't swap him for a younger kid because you want them to be getting at bats. But I, I just as an example, the other day when he made those two consecutive errors, yeah. you're trying to get Mitch Keller right. Yeah. You're trying to let him convince himself that he's a good pitcher. And that's what you put out there behind him. I guess all I can say is, A, is that fair to Mitch Keller, even on that one outing? And and B, does it matter that you're not getting at bats? Bring up Hoy Park. We don't care about him either. You know, but Yeah. Yeah, I mean both of them are uh, disposable at this point. 
I'd rather see a younger guy that's in our system get some of those at-bats. I mean, we talked about Diego Castillo uh, sure. the last show. Like, why wouldn't he be getting some of those at-bats? And, you know, the other thing I was going to say is, like, look, every team – and I assume this is like this everywhere. Every team has a punching bag, right? Like uh, Jack Johnson with the Penguins. I mean, th- that was he was a punching bag. And Ryan Switzer became a punching bag with the Steelers. I mean, so like th- there is a guy that's going to take on the brunt of that. But Josh Van Meter, I mean, he- his play has been so bad. How could you avoid him not being that punching bag? All right, you cut Josh Van Meter, your new punching bag is Greg Allen. You cut Greg Allen, your yes. new one's Eric Stout. There's yeah, there's always, always going to be a worst player on the team. I think we all can get, get behind that. Everybody understands that. That doesn't mean that you want to teach a, a group of young players that that's okay. Right. You don't want to teach them that that keeps you in a roster spot. You want to teach them that you go down when you play that badly. You don't, and I, I suggested the other night they ought to pull him out right when they pulled Keller just to prove a point. Like, we're going to take you out, Mitch, but here's why. We're going to go ahead and grab Van Meter, too. Yeah. It, it was just it, ridiculous. Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, too, like, you know, if this were a situation where you felt like there was this o- overly coaching and demanding that players be perfect and therefore you don't want them to play tight and feeling like that's not this. I mean, this is one of those situations where you're not performing. You, there has to be a bare minimum standard of what you're allowing to go step out on that baseball field. I would think. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're talking about accountability, let's take a quick break and come back. Let's apply that to some other areas of the team. Like maybe the coaching staff. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Jim Gary with you. And Jim, I think we got to talk about something that I've tried to avoid for most of the season because um, I really kind of didn't feel like it was fair before now. But I see no way that this team can return with the same staff next year. And you mean coaching, not pitching. I mean coaching. I want to spend some time talking about that because I can't wrap my head around returning everyone and claiming there's any semblance of accountability. Um, you got, you know that I, I've been pretty confident that Shelton would return and I felt pretty good that Marin would probably return. And, you know, I, I've kind of kept it to Haynes, but I think we need to have a bigger conversation because when you set out on a rebuild, and you have three straight seasons that pretty much add up to 100 losses, you don't get to have a safe feeling. We, we railed on Shelton for saying that last week. Uh-huh. But maybe they really do need to look at it. Because 
yeah, he's being told what to do behind the scenes. But I don't think he's handling well the few things that are in his charge. And overall, I don't think anybody should be safe from from scrutiny here. So who would you um, go after first? Is there anybody that you feel should be safe? And I think we can take this as far as even talking about um, player development. You know, if you want to talk about somebody like um, John Baker, I'm okay with that. If you think Ben Charrington needs to have a better assistant than Steve Sanders, hey, (laughs) I mean, like, we need to do something here. It would be really, really disappointing, disheartening even, I think, if the season comes and goes and we're in the off season and there's nothing that's going on in that department. Because, you know, for me, like, I really do think players sit back and they, they're they watching this stuff. They want to see how this stuff is handled. You know, um, if they're going to be held to some standards, you don't think that they sit there and, and, and think that that should extend to people above them that are the ones trying to dictate how they're doing things. You know, right. that – I really think you you send a a bad message. Forget the fans, you know. And I say that because baseball tends to forget the fans, and definitely here in Pittsburgh. But let let's keep it within that locker room. You know, you you take a guy like Andy Haynes as the hitting coach. I mean, they've gotten worse. Strikeout strikeouts are up. Run runs. Uh, per game or down, you know, like I can't imagine that guy's got a lot of, um, I don't want to say respect, but players know what's going on. They know things aren't working. They know I mean, how bad they're struggling. Let's throw some numbers out for okay. hitting. In 2021, the, the teams were striking out 8.2 times per nine innings. Now they're striking out 9.26 times. I mean, it's, 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 it, you can go down the list on base percentage 287. Um, my goodness. And it was 309 last year. Average 220, 236, you know, last year. It's, it's brutal. First there's of all, no, this isn't this isn't your no grandfather's category that has improved, except for home runs. Yeah, and and like you know the 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 numbers are down. Those kind of numbers are down all the way around baseball or up if you're talking about K's for hitters. But you know, so this isn't your our grandfather's game. But you're you're pointing to specific measurables with the team that should be better on that side of the ball than they were last year. The only thing they've accomplished yeah. is hitting a few more home runs. And they've and taken I mean, to and that home run figure is largely blown up by Jack Sawinski and Diego Castillo, where 24 home runs are not on the team anymore. They sent them to triple A <laughs> and it's right. like, okay, so you finally found something they're actually doing well. And we shipped them off. It's really hard for me to get behind Andy Haynes when I look at numbers like that. 
because yes, you're right. The entire league is kind of down in both of those categories. Well, yeah. the pirates were dead last in um, one of those categories last year. They're 29th this year, you know, like it, it's not as though it's changed anything as far as where they rank, you know, it's right. It's pretty bad. There's, there's things that they can clean up there, but the strikeouts and the average dip, they didn't hit that many more home runs that it's worth it. Well, that's the point, right? Like if you were seeing like crazy numbers as far as the home run home runs go, and um, you would say, well, you know what? It's, it's a home run game now, and we'll take the trade off. What are they? Maybe twenty home runs ahead of last year's pace? Something? I mean, I, I don't have the numbers in front of They're me. They're four short of last year period. Okay, but that so you know, I you mean, figure it out because again, right. two of their biggest home run hitters aren't here. Yeah, so with, they're going to beat that record, but and with thirty some games left. Yeah, so nothing, nothing to the point where you say, "Heck yeah, we'll take that trade off." I mean, right? It's. It's just a sad state of affairs. And I guess the reason that I think it's so alarming this year is because last year, when you looked at, at the, the parts and pieces they had, you know, you weren't playing Kai Tom for fun. You were playing Kai Tom because there was nobody else you could call up. Yeah. Well, this year, they had seven guys they could call up. Right. You know, this year they've called up some of those guys. They've they've brought them to the majors. O'Neill Cruz has gotten here. Diego Castillo got here. Jack Sawinski got here. I mean, like, you can go down the list. You guys all watched this season. You know who came up here. They've had options. They've had real players come up here. And somehow these numbers have actually gotten worse as a team. Yeah. And there's no excuse for that. And if your excuse is, well, they had Yoshi Susugo on the team for all that time, and, oh, they had uh, Josh Van Meter. Well, who the hell's fault is that? Yeah, especially, especially uh, I can I can give them Yoshi in the sense of what they were trying to do. The Van Meter one, they should have known from the beginning pretty much. You know? Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned um, uh, uh, Will, uh, it was Will Lawton, I think. Did you not? Uh, isn't he like the the uh, director of uh, baseball I, I operations? I John Baker. Oh, is that who it was? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I was thinking there's so many guys, and, and Will Lawton's one of them too. He's the director of baseball operations and pro scouting. You've got the assistant general manager, um, Graves. Steve Sanders, right? Graves. Or, yeah, you've got Steve Sanders. You've got him as the assistant general manager. You've got a lot of guys that you would think at some point, because you know Sherrington's not going anywhere. Yeah, I don't think he will, but I think uh, his backside should start feeling a little warm. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just think that of uh, you will see some sacrificial lambs go, obviously, before anybody of any real substance goes. Sure, uh, and wouldn't, that would... wouldn't Shelton be one of those sacrificial lambs, potentially? I mean, he's going into a lame duck season, which teams don't like to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And I know they already said he's coming back, but I'll remind people that 
the team said Clint Hurdle was coming back too. Yeah. I, I say that specifically because it's hard enough being a baseball coach. It's really hard being a lame duck baseball coach. You know, because you're talking to guys about, hey, we're going to do this with you. And you, you eventually get to a point somewhere around June, July, where you're starting to talk about what your plans are for that player heading into next season. And, and then the elephant in the room starts to make itself apparent. Oh, that's you're not even signed for next year, coach. What do you, you know, <laughs> going, going back to that players looking at each other. And when, when a guy leaves the room, looking at each other, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And is, usually is this, if your coach is this dude even say, if your coach hasn't earned his extension by the time he's going to be a lame duck, chances are he's going to be out on his ear. It's really tough with Shelton too, because this is what I will say. He, they bring him in. The, the, the stench of losing is starting to stick a little bit. He, he, you know, when you walk in the subway and your clothes smell like subway <laughs> four, day, four days later, yes. you know, you can't get it out. Um, there's some of that going to go on if it hasn't already. But then, I, but then Gary, I asked the question. The bigger question is, is who else are you going to get but another Derek Shelton to come in here? It, it, next year if if there's no oh i'm not going to give him the i'm not going to give him the mike tomlin excuse well the reason i the reason i say that gary is because who in their right mind would take it lots of people when they look at the talent in the farm system would think they can fix it and, and they'll get a Bobby Valentine or some numbskull like that if they want to. Well, yeah, but that's kind of my point. Like anybody worth a, would you put your? Would you want to put yourself in that same situation? Do I think that Bobby Valentine would make as many infantile stupidity decisions as Derek Shelton? No, I don't. Do I think he's a great coach? Nope. But I think he knows how to teach kids. I think he's done it before, and well, I maybe think that I'd end. be more willing to to let him do it for a year or two than to keep watching some guy struggle in his third year, still not knowing like the basics of what managers do. I worry that if they did it now, that it would send a message that you're going to get treated that same way coming in if they got rid of him at this point. You I know, think it would uh, send a message that not good enough is not good enough. And that's a message I want them to send. I'd like them to send it and have it reverberate through the system that not good enough is not good enough. I think I'd rather target someone that I think has had more of a, a say in the actual development of guys and maybe not the guy who has to cook the dinner with someone else's scraps. You know, um, I would go there first. And I'm not, I'm not defending Derek Shelton. I'm just saying, like, it, I, would, I would head that way first before I move to Derek Shelton. And I know people may disagree with that. I think you're, you, you are. I just would, I would so go. It's not so that I'm disagreeing with it. It's that I hate the premise of who's going to come in here and take this. There's only 30 of these freaking jobs. Somebody well, someone, will take it. Somebody well, someone, will take it. 
Man, some someone will take it. That's someone for sure. Someone good will take it. There's only oh. thirty of these jobs, Jeb. I understand. There are at least fifty excellent minor league managers that want a shot at the majors, or had a brief shot at the majors and got bumped back down. There's Ron Washington types out there. They can get a good manager. I, I just hate that premise. That's the only thing I'm railing on, and I'm not even 100% convinced they should move on from Shelton. Yeah. I just don't like that argument. Well, I, I, I think mine is that I don't know that anyone would want to get themselves in that situation if they weren't entirely sure. So then you would be going with someone, again, who maybe is a little more unproven. I'm not saying they, they could be bad. I'm just saying it cuts down who you can get when – you're getting rid of a guy a year earlier than he was even supposed to be here when you gave him pretty much nothing to begin with. And not that he hasn't earned his criticism on part of it. So, yeah, I get it. But it sounds to me the same exact argument as um, sign a better free agent pitcher. Well, none of those free agent pitchers want to come here, but you know what? At some point it has to start. You got to do it. Well, you yeah, have to they be got... able to do it. And if you got to spend more money, do it. You got to do it. And that's the point. I mean, we, we want to keep giving them excuses and ways out. And, oh, this is, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I want... <laughs> they need to step up and do things. Like, they need to go out and actively sign better players as opposed to, oh, nobody wanted to come play here. Well, nobody wants to come play here because of the way you don't sign anybody. Yeah, I mean, I I dis I disagree with uh, people that say that on that side of things. Yeah, it's chicken I just don't and the think, egg on all this stuff. Yeah, I just don't think anybody wants to be the next Derek Shelton, the next Lloyd McClendon, um, those kind of guys that just kind of get cycled through, and then don't ever really get a shot again. And this is the job they took. You'd have to get a guy with some. You'd either have to go back to like the Clint Hurdle type guy or a young dynamic guy. Those would be the directions I think you'd have to go, and then you'd have to pay to I mean, do it. And they tried young dynamic with Lloyd McClendon, and it didn't work. And they got probably in your in your mind, based on what you said, unhirable coach Clint Hurdle who had taken his team to a championship and yeah. failed and somehow took this job that nobody would possibly want because they sucked so bad and wanted to reconnect the city with the team. It could be done. Is the it point. can. If Derek Shelton doesn't deserve this job, Derek Shelton doesn't deserve this job. That's the point. I'm not sure we're there yet, but the evidence is mounting. Sure. And it, let me pose this question to you. You think it does it matter from a wins and losses perspective how this goes the rest of the way with 30 some games left on the schedule? Um, can it get so untenable in that regard that it forces things? Or do you think these 30 some games are not really going to be that big of a factor in it. Cause I go back and forth with that a little bit. Like I think if the bottom fell out, like 
like horrifically, then I'm probably willing to have that conversation a little bit more. I'd say be willing to have that conversation because the bottom ain't going to fall much more than it just has. This has been the worst stretch of the entire season after the All-Star break. The wheels have officially fallen off. Now, whether they recollect themselves and like regroup and finish strong, I I mean, I guess if they finish strong, it it could change some opinions, but they're not going to do enough to change those hitting numbers. (laughs) No, no, no. It was, that's why I mentioned wins and losses because the other stuff's almost set in stone now. Um, I guess for me, I mean, fans being unreasonable is kind of their job, right? Sure. And that's not what this is, though. This is a franchise that has openly decided that those who don't see the vision are simply not seeing things the right way. You know, you can tell this is the case when you see quotes that start with like, well, you have to understand. Or, yeah. Um, that's not how we measure X, Y, and Z, right? Right. Nothing in the world could be more disingenuous than trying to blame fans for not getting what you're trying to do. 90% of fans don't care about anything but wins and losses. Yeah. If you want to sell to them, you better start talking to what their singular focus is. Which is, when can we expect wins and losses? If you're selling to the 10% that are paying attention and actually care that somebody individually got better, well, they don't want to hear those platitudes either. At some point, people want to see wins and losses. So does it matter this year? Technically, no. But I sure would love to see them avoid 100 losses. Now, does it matter if they got 99 instead? No. And it, it, you know, it's it's you, we talk about optics so many times, and I don't know. I think there is something to be said to avoid that three-digit mark. You know, that right. one zero zero looks a lot uglier, and and I think that's what bothers me a little bit too about how they've gone about this. Is is I think Alex Stump um, put out there about them how many how many double-digit losses they've had in the last two years. And them just kind of like, which is the most they've, which is the most there's been in baseball in what like seventy years, yeah. back to back. You have ten or twelve double digit losses, and it's just like the trampling of like the organizational legacy bothers me that they're so cavalier about that. You know that 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 actually really kind of bothers me. I, I mean, you're hitting on something else. I was I wanted to bring up, and okay. I think it's the overall lack of urgency that, that drives me nuts. Yeah. There's no urgency to, to actually tangibly improve on the field at the major league level. This is this is a general manager that came from Boston and Toronto. It's not as though those fans are more patient than Pittsburgh fans. It's not it's not like it's not like anything that happened there didn't happen here. Our fans have just been beaten down a little more. Maybe they're a little quieter, but that doesn't mean that we don't know what we're looking at. Yeah. You know, where's our third rounder that breaks through and, and comes up here and, and takes over the league at 22 years old. 
It's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just talking to DK about, and he mentioned about Michael Harris right? with the Braves. I mean, this is a guy that jumped straight from double A, third rounder. Um, he's a man already, and he and he rakes. I mean, you know. He does. So, he's, he's unbelievable. The Pirates yeah. had Jack Swinski up here. And I, we all know he had problems as far as strikeouts go. But 14 home runs is 14 home runs. Yeah. Other teams don't send that down to AAA. Right. Other teams try to work with him up here to make him better. Well, too, yeah. And the funny thing about that is, is like they've been so careful about other guys about not letting him face lefties, and they were just didn't didn't care about doing that to Jack Sawinski. You know where you could have helped him a little bit when he was up here too. What choice did they have? They were all lefties. Well, yeah, and. And um, teams aren't stupid. I mean, they'll throw as many lefties. (laughs) They'll throw as many lefties as they have against you in series. If all you have is lefties, you know, so I, I really do. I really do hate how, and I don't know if it's because in baseball things are so long ago, they hope people forget, but I don't want to see the pirates start reaching all these dubious milestones in their franchise history because they think nobody remembers 1950. Right. It, it's, it's disappointing. You know, when all you pimp out is your legacy anyway, when you go to a game, it's all Roberto Clemente and it's all like when they do their hype video. Yeah. But then, but then you'll allow this to go on on the field. I just feel like, man, that's disheartening to me. Like, I hate that I'd part be of it. I'd a lot Gary. more excited about this. Um, Pirates Hall of Fame if I felt like there was any worthy current players that might factor into that at some point. There's not. Yeah, they better pace themselves. Sure. I mean, but we're talking about, like, it's not just the losses. We talk about the win-loss number. Yeah, the win-loss number sucks. But, Jim, this is a team that has now lost seven double-digit games this year. They've allowed... 10 or more runs in 11 contests. Yeah. What The funny thing is, the pitching staff has actually not been the main issue. Which is surprising a little bit. That, but to, to have losses like that, the offense does nothing. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. does nothing. I And I... I I'm sorry. You can't sell me that you've got Cabrian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, O'Neill Cruz. You name off some. You you want to see more of some of these guys individually? If I went through and named that roster, most fans would say they want to see more of ten of those guys. Right. That to me is is damning that the offense is putting up the numbers it is. Yeah, I mean, there have been – I mean, they go games where – I mean, there was two out of the past three games. They had one hit through seven innings, two hits through seven innings. Yep. You know, I mean, and you're playing teams like, you know, you look at the Atlanta Braves. And, Gary, I, I was at the one game, at the the one where they lost six to one. I My neck was hurting looking up at the scoreboard and, and – and, 
and googly-eyeing these numbers of all the Braves hitters. I was mm-hmm. just so jealous. Like every guy they brought up to the plate, I'm looking at, I'm looking up and I'm looking at all their numbers and I'm like, every one of them, their DH has 17 home runs and, you know, they've got Michael Harris and they've got Acuna and, you know, and they're missing and they're missing Ozzy Alves right now. Like they're, you know, there's so- Marcelo Zuna. Or, like imagine if, if the Pirates lost an Aussie, Aussie Albies and a Marcelo Suna in the season, in any season that you can think of all the way back to yeah. 1987. If you, you know, go as far back as you like, imagine the Pirates losing that much talent in one season and still winning. The Braves lost Acuna last year and still won the World Series. That's how good they've developed and how well they've scouted and how wonderfully constructed that team is. That's how and you that's, and that's what's so crazy about which, and I think we're going to actually get to this in the next topic is, is like when you start, people love to, you know, look at those rankings either individually or as a farm system, you start comparing, comparing that stuff to what teams like the Braves are doing. And let's be honest, you know, they're in a better position than the pirates, you know, financially, but, they're not the Dodgers, you know, from that. And they didn't from that, buy this team either. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. like, how, how in the world are we going to get to that, you know, anytime soon? They won't. <laughs> that's that's the thing. And and that's what sucks because even if they do everything right, um, it still takes some money. It still takes probably more than they're going to spend. And yeah. when Freddie Freeman walks away, you got to be willing to pull the trigger on a trade. And, you know, imagine like the trade they pulled off to get Matt Olson and still have Michael Harris hanging out there to bring up. Right. Think about that. It's, it's, it's so like, you know, I just respect it so much because I respect the hell out of it. And I'll be honest, I follow the Braves pretty closely because I got some friends down there and, and, and whatnot, and I, I love what they've done in the organization. So I love to look at the way other teams build. Michael Harris is not a name that the fan base has been biting their nails waiting for. Yeah, no, he was a bit of a <laughs> he was a bit of a surprise how he came on. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the Pirates get somebody like say a Matt Gorski this year. He's crushing it, and they promote him to Double A, and he's still crushing it. There was no chance that that kid was coming up here this year. No. That's another thing that the Pirates need to consider changing. But when a kid's crushing it, let him come up here and play. <laughs> like, you ain't got nothing better stopping him. And as long as they're going to play the Super 2 game and the, oh, we got to get an extra year control game, never going to win. Never, ever going to get these guys up here quick enough to affect any kind of change. You're never going to get Luis Robert if you do that. You know what I mean? No, I, 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 I totally get it because, you know, I'm sitting here looking at like, and it's funny because I see him and I, we talk about, we've talked about Matt Frazier last year and he had such a good year. Yeah, really struggling this year, though. Really struggling, but he was a, I think he was a third rounder. And let me make sure about that before I go any further, because I just think that, yeah, yeah, I mean, and we talked about maybe he's that guy that, 
they got to get lucky a little bit too. Like they got to like, so those Michael Harris's are hard to find, but it's sure nice when you can find one, Matt Frazier, you talk about, Hey, maybe, maybe something like that can happen to the pirates having a, having a really rough year. Yeah. This- hitting two, two nineteen six six thirty six OPS. It's tough, man. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, um, and honestly, we need to catch our breath too. I think I was <laughs> I'll hydrate. Very, I was getting very passionate there, but let's take a quick break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit more about the development system and you know really where we see it right now. You know? Oh, definitely. Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, and uh, Jim and I have had a chance to calm down a little bit, at least uh, partially, but it's time (laughs) to start talking about uh, the development system, because we can't sit here and talk about the coaching staff without talking about how the players are getting here in the first place, right? We just said, where's our third rounder that comes up at 22, right? And he's ready to rock, and and he just comes up here and takes the league by storm. Where's our surprise prospect? We sit here pining for all these first rounders. It's almost as though the other rounds don't produce any players. It's crazy, isn't it? It It seems insane to me that everyone else gets third rounders coming up. You know, we well, have players like Michael Burrows. You know, I think he was a ninth rounder or something, and, and he's on the cusp probably. But for the most part, the people that we actually pay attention to are the number one picks. And everybody's losing their mind because Baseball America reordered their top 100 list. And, oh, my God, imagine imagine that all of the new number one picks ended up in the top 100. It's so crazy that it would move guys down. Let's let's just ignore that O'Neill Cruz graduated and Ruanzi graduated and Pirates only have one top fifty player. Oh, woe is me. Those lists yeah. don't mean shit. Yeah, they can be uh, it, it, and it really depends, like I think what you're saying is like is when you check in on those lists. Like right now there's been some movement. I like because of like like Tamar Johnson's thirty. Um the guy that a lot of pirate fans wanted, Elijah Green, he's 29. You know, like so these guys get—they're the shiny new toys, and they get slid sure. right in in the top 30 years. And if Termar Johnson pulls his hamstring next year and misses 25 games, watch yeah. Baseball America drop him to 69. Like, well, it's that, insane. Yeah, I mean, like we 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 were just talking about this too. Like, you know, Henry Davis got dropped. You know, poor guy has been. I. He's been hit so many times. I don't want to let him step out on a street anywhere. He just got hit in his rehab start for Bradenton the other day as a yeah, DH. They right. got him DHing so he doesn't get hurt, and he still gets hit. Yeah, I mean Nick Gonzalez got has had that weird heel thing going sure. on. Quinn Priester's Quinn, been hurt. Quinn yeah. Priester's been. I mean, these are some big like, you know, Look, the Pirates create enough of their own problems, but those are three guys right there that have truthfully. Uh, 
they've, they've, got, they've gotten pushed down on these lists, and it's also really hurt on the actual real baseball spikes in the dirt way, which is it pushes things back even further. Sure. And, like, their top performer in the minors this year, to me, far and away, has been Andy, Rod- Andy Rodriguez. He's been uh-huh. he's been unbelievable. Um, you were talking earlier in an, in an earlier episode about like thinking that Henry Davis probably should have a shot in spring. I bet I could twist your arm ever so slightly and have you believe that that's Andy now. I yeah, think, well, well, yeah. I, I think he should probably get a shot this spring right now. If we really want players to make that jump when they're ready and they're showing you they're ready. That shouldn't be a dream that Andy Rodriguez has a shot in spring next year. That should be if Andy Rodriguez is the best catcher in spring training, Andy Rodriguez goes north with the team and catches from day one, and they don't worry about Super 2 or getting an extra year arbitration because they offer him a contract extension early on to make sure that that doesn't matter. That's how successful teams get talent, retain talent, and build a team. So if Pirates really want to emulate teams that do that sort of thing, even the Rays do that, that's what they should do. Because this constant dance back and forth, making sure that you're worried about service time and doing... There there is no winning there. It's hard enough to line players up without that shit. You (laughs) add that in? You add that in? No way! I, I know. It's so... It's baseball's hard enough as it is, yeah. And you know, finding guys and 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 uh, developing them, and um, to add that into the equation as if you really have a lot of control over that, or or spending time on that when you really just need to be focusing on some basic things, uh, you know, like uh, boy, that's that's cart before the horse stuff sometimes, right? It really is. Especially for the Pirates. At some point, you have to believe in what you have cultivated. And you have to bring them up here, and you have to make sure they're going to be here for a while. As soon as you get to, like, year two or three with some of these guys, they become unsignable. The Braves have everybody locked up at $180 million for a reason. And it's because they lock up guys like Albies, before he becomes a $400 million player. That, that's yeah. the kind of well, stuff and, you have to do. Yeah, And you're letting all those guys um, get paid now and then still have a chance to cash in when they have another contract coming up too because of their ages, right? So right. Th- it's just, it's so, and by the way, this is nothing that like, you remember those Cleveland Indian teams of the 90s were doing when they were getting all that talent and then they were signing it and they were, so, I mean, with Manny Ramirez and Carlos Baerga and like they had all those guys. So like this is nothing new. The Braves are just doing it again and doing it better, I think. so. Right, and have more resources to begin with. Right, right. Um. Oh, geez. So with the I development have... system, when we look at it, what's missing? Because we're not seeing players come up here with the polish that I think you need to see. And 
as many times as this team loves to tell us that development doesn't stop at the major league level, we just went through this coaching staff. Uh It freaking stops. There is nobody teaching them anything once they get here that's worth being taught anyway. No. What's the last player you saw get to the majors and look better than he did in the minors? (laughs) I mean, like, no. I agree. I, you know, but sometimes that comes down to the kind of caliber of player that you're dealing with too. So, I, you know, I, I, it, here's the biggest, here's one of the bigger questions I have about all this too is, you know, the Pirates, they certainly aren't putting it into the major league payroll and they, they love to say, well, we're pouring a lot of this into scouting and development and things that you can't see and so on and so forth. Shouldn't we have the best scouting and the best development in all of baseball? Have, if you, that's heard where... this, have you heard this group say that? I haven't. That's why I'm asking. Well, no, but I'm just saying that I'm assuming that that's if you ask them, they would say the same thing about where this, where, where does the money go? I specifically heard Huntington and Coonley say that. I have yeah. not heard that with this group. No, they haven't. I'm just I'm just making the assumption is that they would say that they they're pouring a lot of their their resources into that. Sure. I mean, I know they did add some, you know, additional equipment, you know, Repsoto machines and whatnot up and down the miners. But when it comes to like real coaching, I have some questions development wise. I don't understand why we haven't seen all of last year's draft picks play yet in the system. I don't understand why we haven't seen all of this year's play yet in the system. Well, we, I mean, we, we haven't even got to see Travis Swaggerty at the major league level. You're when absolutely he should, right. He but should be getting some kind of a look before the season's over with. You're absolutely right. But like, to me, it starts all the way down there. If we're going to slow walk them at, just getting their foot in the door of professional baseball, not expecting them to fly the rest of the way. You know, Matt Gorski was 24 and they started him in single A this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now I get it because he didn't play a lot of baseball, but it shouldn't have taken them half a season to figure out he was ready to move up to double A. You know, I, I agree. They finally move him up and he's still doing well. And then he gets the injury. The injury is not on them, but he could have been in double a weeks before that. And he probably at 24 by all rights should have spent July in triple a. They you seem to be a bit move a guy like that. I mean, Andy, we, you know, we're talking about Andy and, and how, you know, promising he looks. I mean, they did the same thing with him. Yep. Um, you know, there's just there's definitely been this like slow footedness to them of uh, with the prospects, and I don't know if that's partly because of what they're seeing at the major league level, and they're like, you know, as much as they're buying time at the major league level, are they doing that with minor league guys? I don't know. It's not the way I would handle it. It's not the way I would handle it either, because if nothing else, they're better players, maybe. Right? And isn't that the goal? I mean, even right. if even if you get them up here and it's too late, like or say Matt Gorski comes up here, he's twenty five years old when he makes his major league debut, and he hits fifteen twenty home runs, doesn't he become like a valuable chip that you can move when he's like thirty? Like, 
It doesn't matter if he fits this core. It matters if he can help this team. That's that's all. Like I look at a player like Jiwon Bay. We're all talking about Travis Swaggerty. Jiwon Bay got injured. Okay, had the oblique injury, but he, he wasn't getting called up. They have refused to call him up all year. Yeah, and he's outperformed just about everybody that has played AAA this year. Cal right. Mitchell, add anybody in there you want. Cal Mitchell, Kane Smith, Jigba, pick a AAA player. Jiwon Bay has outperformed them. Why isn't he up here? Like, there's no purpose in keeping him in AAA right now. None. Why not find out what this kid can do? He outperformed Marcano, if you really want to be honest about it, and I like Marcano. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're right. He has. So I, uh, that's the kind of stuff that, to me, yeah, I'm not sitting there in the locker room. I don't know what what's not being said or seen. Maybe... Jiwon Bay is such a nice guy that pitchers are piping them to him in every at bat just because they like him. And I'm not seeing it. He's getting the Albert Polos <laughs> treatment in the minors. Yeah. My point is, like, here's a kid that I think has, has shown he's got some pedigree. He was a highly touted prospect internationally. I mean, if nothing else, the Braves wanted him before the Pirates got him. So, yeah. Like, Right. Um, if nothing else, I trust their scouts. He's playing you know, really well. Why is he not up here? And I don't even mean this isn't even a van meter conversation. But mm-hmm. why is that kid with a DH in play not up here? I don't the know, Gary. They got stinks out loud. Right. That's the thing too. Is like you've got thirty some games left. To me, it's you know. To me, it's a shame with Bay and Swaggerty and, heck, even Cal Mitchell at this point. Like, I would – I don't want to be going into next year with some of the same questions. I thought that that was what last year and this year were for, you know? Um, I don't want to go into next year wonder. I don't want to go into December wondering if they're going to put Bay on their 40-man. Right. I mean, like – Before we even get to playing. Yeah, and – it, that's the kind of stuff that you would think they w- would have been trying like hell to get answered. You're right. They're not answering questions. But even when the development team does provide, as I think they have, I think Jiwon Bay, I think Travis Swaggerty to a degree, and I think probably Gorski before he got hurt. We're, we're three He's players another guy that, that got hurt. There are three so they, players yeah. they've provided who probably could have come up here and had a little bit of impact at some point. And we didn't get to see a single one of them. I don't understand it. And like we've talked about. Thing. No. They give him nine at bats, and we've never heard from him again. Um, the only thing that bizarre. I can say, and it's rumors and innuendo, I have I have not been able to get this confirmed, but I have heard it from a few sources. I just I have not been able to get it confirmed. There is a little bit of a hush hush whisper whisper that maybe Travis Swaggerty wanted to stay down because of his wife's illness. Yeah, but that's uh, I don't know that I buy that. Right. 
this is what this kid has been working his entire life for. You want to be a major league player. You don't want to be a triple A. And wouldn't a little more money help his family? I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not that simple. But hey, I mean, life does happen. I I don't know. I don't know Um, either, but I kind of don't buy it. I think they'd be screaming it from the rooftops if only so that they didn't seem like assholes if they did something nice like that. You, you mean the parts? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, I I suspect we may see them do a little bit of what they did last year is when they called up Cruz and then they called up Rowanzi for those little tastes. We might see that with Burroughs. Um, maybe we will see it, but I don't, I don't want just that. I would rather let them play a little bit too. I'm not sure what the point of that would be. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like we did that last year, um, and I could see that last year. Now I want to see if you're going to do it, do it now, and let's see what happens. In Major League Baseball, changing September call-ups too, you know, to only two players instead of like opening up your entire forty man. Mm-hmm. It's changed things for a rebuilding team. That's a good point. You used to really be able to use that last month of the season to, to really get eyes on some players and like, you know, Hey, it was, that's how Kevin Newman came up here and, and he bombed out in 18 so badly that they felt they had to go get Eric Gonzalez to play shortstop. Right. Uh So, well, that's, that's when you kind of find out how they're going to play at the major league level. And you remember we used to even question like, well, they're facing other people's, triple a call-ups too so let's not get too crazy if they do well you, you lose that now you only get two players one of them is probably a pitcher you know just to thicken your bullpen up a little bit and sure one of them's maybe another bench guy but you're not bringing up a highly touted prospect no you know? it does change things like um and and uh with only with only two of those, and like you said, for me, first thing I think of is is they probably want to just get some pitcher up here to eat some innings. Yep. You know, I I just saw the other day where Will Crow has, um, I mean, I think he leads um, the entire league in relievers in innings pitched. Yep. You know, like that's something that I would I would want to back off on. Well, just last year he led the team in innings pitched. Yeah, you know, and so. now he's built a little differently because of what he used to do, and I think. But, but don't kid yourself that that could creep up next year if you're not careful. Absolutely. So they probably do want to eat some innings. Yeah, I mean, there's just questions I have. Like even Johan Oviedo, you know, you get him, you're going to convert him to back into a starter. Well, he started at the beginning of the year for St. Louis, so it's not like he's been away from it for six it- months and. All of a sudden, you're going to introduce this foreign element. To, uh, yeah, like you hand him a baseball. He was a starter say, his entire friggin' life, right? Except for the last like three months. So, what is he doing in AAA right now? Learning how to be a starter again. He's already up in his innings a little bit. Bring him up here. Hey, our starters go three or four innings anyway. I mean, I I mean, mean I, that's gotten better as the years go on. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of hoping that COVID is in the rear view after this year, so we don't have to listen to that bullshit anymore. Uh-huh. But, like, he's a guy that you just traded for. Everybody was upset that you made the trade. I mean, I wasn't. But, like, you know, people were upset that you traded away a good pitcher. Well, you supposedly got one back. 
why don't you let us see? (laughs) Isn't Mm -hmm. that kind of what you're supposed to do when you get talent back? Right. Especially if it's major league level talent, which he was. Yeah. Let us see it. Yeah, because he's somebody that you could bring up. Let him work through those same innings. If nothing else, look at this bullpen. We need freaking help. Right. Wouldn't it be nice to put Tyler Beatty back there? He was so good out of the bullpen. I know. I Wouldn't know. it be nice to have him back? Yeah. Like I'm not thrilled with what they did with with that whole situation me either. either I think. But like, and he has. It's, again, I I always preface this. It is not about the player. Tyler Beatty's been fine. I don't hate the guy, and I'm not upset with his starts. He's doing the best he can. I think. Being basically told on the fly, we're going to make you a starter. You know, he didn't get any kind of stretch out. That's what I was going to say. Like, where's his AAA it's, stint it's for that? It's the exact situation that Johan Oviedo is. Uh-huh. Started at the beginning of the year, went to the bullpen, and then, hey, we're going to make you a starter again. They used to do it to Steven Brault twice a month. So, like, yeah. <laughs> this isn't like this isn't rocket science. They're just making it so. They right. filled up an entire chalkboard with with calculations to figure out how to turn a, a pitcher back into a starter, and really all you needed was one simple equation. It's it's like, what are you doing? Stop making it so much harder than it needs to be. It's baseball. Well, I think that's a really a really uh, you said something earlier that I thought was really good, which was this is it's hard to be all these things to everyone. Right. You know what I'm saying? That they're trying to be this Jack of all trades and they're masters of nothing. And, you know, you're worried about development and you're worried about super two and you're worried about arbitration and you're worried about, you know, um, Slowing this guy down over here, uh, stretching this guy out, letting him do it down here because you're worried about his service time. Like, man, can we just cover some basics? Can we, Gary? Can, can, we, we, can, we... can we catch a ball? Can we throw? <laughs> like, when, can we, like, when we stick somebody at second base, can we know that they're smart enough to know you can't do a backhand from in between the two bases? A 45-foot backhanded flip doesn't work to start a double play. Let's no, matter how fast Anil, no matter how fast Anil Cruz is going to throw that ball to first when he gets it. Right. I, I mean, like, there, there are some, some just basic things that actually in 2020 I felt really strongly about. They wanted to address defense. They addressed defense. The defense became the top squad in the league. 2021, we saw it drop off a little bit. 2022, we've seen it fall off a cliff. And I just want to know why the fundamentals went away. That's what happens, though. I think it's it's what we're talking about, which is when you're worried about so many different things. How about let's just get back to playing some baseball? Let's let them just come up here and have fun and swing the bat. Sure. Take all of the analytics guys and tell them not to talk to the players for a couple weeks. Let the kids come up here and play baseball. 
see if maybe they can just figure something out just from natural instincts of playing this game for their entire lives. Step in and help them when you notice something real that crops up. <laughs> don't don't overload them as soon as they get up here. They, yeah. They, yeah. We talk about development from a lot of standpoints. I I think overall the system is is still strong. I don't care about the rankings. I never have. And anybody that knows me knows that I don't care about them. Um, so I'm not just saying that because the Pirates had some guys like shuffled back. I don't care. I really no, I, rare, I rarely talk about them because I just feel I keep an eye on them. I don't tout them ever. Yeah. And I don't either because all they are is one person's opinion. In this case, you guys all know the person that writes them for, for that publication. I mean, he does his own website here in town. So it's not as though it should be a shock to you that he isn't very high on Henry Davis. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and that I, I've seen you on Twitter tell me that that opinion sucks. And then when Baseball America's come out, you go, well, that's it. They, did you forget that he wrote it? Like, if the opinion stinks in your mind, it still stinks, even though it's under a different masthead. Yeah, good or bad, it doesn't. It shouldn't matter to you. Yeah, it, it's how I treat. It's how I treat PFF in football. I mean, there's a, there's there's an idiot on uh, on Twitter I saw the other day. Uh, I think Termar Johnson was like two for twenty after debuting. Oh, he's a bust. They should have taken Green. They were they got cute. Come on, twenty at bats now is all it takes to be a bust as a number one pick. 20 at bats. Wow. I mean, enough. Talk about I mean, a sample size. The team's got problems. We don't need to make it worse. That's the point. The The system is still good. I'm just a little bit concerned about how quickly they're moving players through. And as you kept saying, Jim, aptly, the things they're worried about that they don't need to be worried about right now. Or certainly not as much. Get yeah. the players here. Lock them down when you think you're confident. Move on. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Augment with free agents later. If you don't do that, this is all for naught. That's just all there is to it. And it doesn't yeah, even and matter if nutting wants to spend or not, because you'll never get there. No, and 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 we mentioned a little bit about some of the injuries. You know, they've got to get a little bit better luck on that side of things, and maybe this is that bump in the road on on that front, and then next year they can get back on track. I agree with you. I don't think, yeah. Do I think it's a do I think it's a top two or three farm system? No, but I don't. I, I'm not panicking about that aspect of it either. I yeah, still think I never thought enough. it was a top two or three, though. I mean, so yeah. like, it, I don't feel any different. Like, I, I'd say it's a top ten. That's how I, I was thought it was going to be a top ten. Feels like a top ten, which is fine. By yeah. the way, you can still you can still win with that. As far as like, is there elite talent though? I don't know. It's a big. It's a big concern. That's a big question. There, you got to have you got to have some of that impact level talent, and. um I'm not sure about that either. Yeah. And we got to end the show, but I will also warn people that impact talent sometimes looks like O'Neill Cruz when it gets here and it's not a switch. 
it's not like you target their ETA, they get here, they're that good. Not all the time. Unless you're the Atlanta Braves. So. <laughs> <laughs> or Julio Rodriguez, and even he struggled right. for the first month. Right, and even he months. struggled for the first month, right. So it is what it is. But, hey, I think this was a little bit less of a depressing show than last week because, you know, while we rightly are, are giving them their stripes, um, I think there is a path forward still. But they've got to have the brains to course correct. That's what they need to do. They did it with the pitching last year with, when they brought in Dewey Robinson because I, I think they realized that Oscar Marin couldn't get his message all the way up and down the line. like to see them do the same sort of thing with the pitching or with the hitting. And I'd like to see them bring in some type of a new assistant um, onto, the, onto the staff, and I do think they need to make some changes. So Hitting-wise, I don't see how you can – I don't see how you can chance repeating this again next year. Um, I hope ego doesn't get in the way. Um, like you said, they brought in Dewey Robinson on the pitching side. That's an acknowledgement that you need help. Maybe they'll do the same on the on the hitting side this year. We've already seen Bob Nutting step in once and correct the Ben Charrington mistake with Brian Reynolds. I wouldn't roll him coming in and uh, making another change. If Ben Sherrington decides he doesn't want to, so he's got to be able to do it, Gary. He's he got to, to be able. He's 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 an owner that um, is uh, uh, woefully uninvolved at times. Yes, he's much maligned, but um, short of spending a whole bunch of money, the best thing he could do would be to come in here and make um, make his voice heard when things aren't happening. And if I'm him, I go in and demand that 2023 looks different. Sometimes you've got to be able to, he has to tell him how to do it, but he better tell him he expects it. Yeah. I was just going to say, sometimes as an owner, as a manager, as a boss, you have to be able to say, this, this isn't acceptable. We have to figure it out. Yep. Hey, good show, man. Yeah. I had a good time. How do people get a hold of you, brother? Yeah, so Twitter all the time. It's uh, at JimStam22 or ForTheCity underscore 412. And you know me, always talking Steelers, Pirates, Pitt, and Penguins. Yep, and we got some exciting guests coming up here in the future for the show. Mm -hmm. Jim and I are really excited about it. I'm not going to make any announcements yet and put pressure on people, but (laughs) some pretty exciting guests we got got lined up, and, and we're really looking forward to it. Um. So there's that on that front. Backyard Brawls coming up here soon. I'm really excited about that. Going to be talking yep. about that on the H2P podcast this Sunday. Make sure you check that out. And uh, without further ado, Ben, take it away, my brother. Yes, your butt!